Amen. God bless you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad therein. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Here I am, Pastor Gregory Morgan, bringing you another exciting word for today. So we pray that your hearts are ready. We pray that your hearts are ready to receive the word of the Lord. So let us bow our heads with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us to see this day that you have made. We thank you for life, for health, and for strength. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for our sins. Father, we thank you for all the things you've done for us, what you're doing for us now, and what you're going to do for us tomorrow. Lord, we will bless your name. We will praise you and we will worship you in spirit and in truth. Oh, Father, and our faith is increased. Lord, because of you, we are here and we're able to do what we do. Now, Lord, I guess that you give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, and give us hearts to receive your engrafted word, which is able to save our soul. Bless everyone, all the hearers, those that will replay this message. Let their hearts be encouraged. Touch them in the name of Jesus. This we pray and ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you on this day again. We're thankful to have this chance and this opportunity to speak God's word to you. Today we're going to go to St. John the 13th chapter, uh, verses 3 through 15. We probably will not read all of this, but we'll read some of this so that we can get our subject in, get our title in, and get our word into you. And St. John chapter 13, verse 3, it reads like this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Verse 6, Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus saith to him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Verse 9, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. 
last one, verse 11, for he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. And I've read for you St. John, the 13th chapter, verses 3 through 11. And today we want to use for a thought. The thought we're going to use for today is bathe me and wash me, Jesus. Bathe me and wash me, Jesus. So we know that John is the writer of this gospel, and John is the one that wrote this to us so that we can read it and we can hear and understand what went on during that time frame when John was with Jesus. This is the gospel according to John. So a thought, again, we want to use is bathe me and wash me, Jesus. Most of all, we can remember our children when they were young, perhaps newborn babes, when we brought them home from the hospital and we changed their diapers. And then there was this time to give them a bath. Uh, the little bathtub that we washed them in was more like a little, a big tub, a little tub, but it was big enough for the child to be in. The tub was situated so that the baby could lay on it in a slanted way where the water only comes up above his stomach, but not up to his neck the way it was made. And the blessed part about this is it, they tried to make this so that the baby wouldn't drown in giving this baby a bath. So in giving this baby a bath, we, we take our hand and the other hand with the little washcloth and the baby wash, and we just wash the baby. We wash the baby from their neck all the way down to their body parts and even to their feet and in between their toes. No wonder why after we wash this baby and, and dry the baby off real good and wrap this baby up in, in its clothes and in its blanket that they would just conk out and go to sleep. Uh, no wonder uh, the child would be so comfortable and so relaxed because they have been washed, because they have been bathed. They have been bathed and they have been washed by their parent who loves them or someone that has stepped in. So how wonderful is that feeling? Now, fortunately, we cannot remember that when it was done to us because it was so many years ago. But as we grew and become older, we realize and remember what it was like for our parents to put us in the bathtub and to wash us and to bathe us and to make us clean and to make us whole. As we pick up in our scriptural reading today, we find out that Jesus, verse 3, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand at a certain time, God had given all all things into Jesus's hands. So Jesus was in control, okay? And then the Bible says, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God. John tells us that Jesus had come from God. Not only uh, at this time or previous to this, that they had known that Jesus was the Son of God, that he is the Son of God. Remember that bold statement Peter made when Jesus asked, who do men say I am? Then he asked, who do you say I am? And we know it was Peter that stepped out and said, thou art the Christ. So as 
Peter spoke this, we know that some other disciples were around and they acknowledged it too because of the miracles that he done, the healings that he has done. All the things that Jesus has done made them to know that can't no ordinary man do this. This is definitely the son of God. Okay. John says something very particular in this, ver in this third scripture. I'm going to read it again. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hand, and that he was come from God. This is John saying that he was come from God and went to God. So John was able to witness Jesus when Jesus came back after he had died and they knew and acknowledged that he had went back to God. Jesus told them several, many, many times that he was going back to the Father or that he was going back to prepare a place for them. So this is something that John and the disciples knew. Verse 4 says, he risen from supper. They were in a place where they were about to have supper. Now they have had suppers. And, and John tells us that he had risen from supper and laid aside his outer garments. He laid aside his outer garments. We know he didn't take all of his clothes off and he was not naked before them. So he took his outer garments off and laid them aside. And Jesus took a towel and put that towel around his waist. He girded himself with a towel, almost something like what a worker is about to do. They're putting their working apron on or what a cook is doing. They're putting their working apron on or what a person does in the, in the shop, in a work wood shop. They put their apron on. Okay, so Jesus put this towel around him. The Bible says in verse 5, and he poured water into a basin. Every word of God gives a message. Every word of God gives us a sign and a signal because everything he did is so meticulous. Think about it. This is not just a man. This is the son of God doing something. That's why we pay attention to every meticulous thing that Jesus did because there's a reason for him doing what he did, doing what he did and we need to understand and we need to see it clearly step by step. So the Bible says after that, he put that towel around him. He poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Let's stop right there. He begins to wash the disciples' feet. We know that in biblical times, it was the hired servants or it was the slaves that washed people's feet when uh, you had visitors to come into your house. It was the slave or it was the hired help that would wash the guest's feet with water. Okay, so Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet. Notice, it's plural, not the disciple foot, but the disciples. He began to wash their feet. So now, let's put a, a bookmark right there. Let's put a pause right there. Here we have the Son of God, the Son of Almighty God, who has taken his garment off, who has put a towel around his waist, and has kneeled down after he has poured water in the basin and beginning to wash the disciples' feet. Now, we don't know how many disciples' feet that Jesus had washed before he got to Peter. We do not know, but we know that he began to wash the disciples' feet. So it makes you wonder, how did the other disciples feel about Jesus washing their feet? Uh, I'm, this is no disrespect to them and by all means no disrespect to the Lord Jesus. 
that they feel like, okay, this is an honor and a privilege. We're getting our feet washed. Our feet were dirty, so now we're getting our feet washed. It's a very meticulous thing. It's a very meticulous thought to think about what they may have thought. Although the Bible does not tell us what they thought and what they said, but we know for a fact that Jesus bent down, he kneeled down to wash the disciples' feet. Okay, so after he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Here Jesus is performing a servant duty. He's performing a slave duty. He's humbling himself. Jesus humbled himself to make an example to these other disciples. Again, they had acknowledged, thou art the Christ. Thou art the son of God. So now they realizing and acknowledging that Jesus is the son of God. Look what Jesus is doing. Look what he has proceeded to do. So after he poured water into the basin, verse five, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So he took the towel off of his waist and was wiping their feet after he washed it. So imagine him washing the one disciple's foot and then wiping them with his towel. And then the next disciple washing their feet and then coming to the next person. And we get that because after he poured the water in the basin, again, he began to wash the disciples' feet. So he's washing a few of their feet or a couple of them. He's washing their feet. Now, here's where our point of interest comes in. Verse number six of John 13th chapter. I love this. I love the word of God. I love how we study and prepare this for you. Verse number six. Verse six says, then cometh he to Simon Peter. So he's washed a few other disciples' feet or a couple of the disciples. He's washed their feet. Now he's coming to Peter. Don't you just love Peter because he's so outspoken and he asks questions and he does things and he says things? Uh, Peter, he's that big brother to Andrew, Andrew's big brother. So if Andrew's anywhere around, just imagine how Andrew feels about, oh boy, what's he going to do now? What's he going to say now? That big brother syndrome. And then Peter being more than likely the oldest son, just that boldness to make him say what he says and do what he do uh, with no fear or, or not worried about any repercussion. Verse number six, then cometh he, Jesus, to Simon Peter. And when Jesus gets to Simon Peter, here's where we go. And Peter said unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Look how bold Peter is. Lord, do you wash my feet? Or in other words, if you allow me to paraphrase it in my preacher mind, I saw you wash their feet. I don't know what they were thinking about. And here you are coming to me about to wash my feet. Jesus, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And then we look at the seriousness of Peter. We look at the way Peter asked this question. So now this question is on the floor. 
everybody hears this in that room in the area where they were everybody hear him so can you just imagine the other disciples looking what about the ones that he just washed their feet and then the ones that are behind him that he hasn't washed their feet so peter asked this question lord are you going to wash my feet so now everybody is focusing in on peter's question they're looking at peter can you imagine them why is he asking this question what made them ask that question and then somebody else well, there goes Peter. Here we go, asking that question like he does. So he says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Verse 7, Jesus answered and said unto him. Jesus answers Peter and tells Peter this, what I do, thou knowest not now. Peter, what I'm doing, you do not understand it right now. Peter, what I am accomplishing, you can't begin to understand right now. I know you know that washing feet is a slave job. I know that you know that washing feet is a, a job for the hired help of people. But what I'm doing, you do not understand right now. Then Jesus says, but thou shall know hereafter. In other words, but later you will understand what I'm doing and what I am going to do. Okay. Now, verse eight. This is where I love it. And our subject again, bathe me and wash me, Jesus. Here we are, verse 8. Verse 8 tells us, And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet, Jesus. You will never wash my feet. I know who you are. You are the Son of God. I confessed you, and I told you who you were. When you ask us, who do men say I am? And then you ask us directly, but who do you say that I am? We've seen you heal people. We've seen you open blinded eyes. We've seen you unstop deaf ears. We've seen you heal people of palsy. And Peter and Jesus, we even saw you raise dead people. We saw you rise them up from the dead. We saw this. And can't no man do this and no prophet do this like you. You are the Christ. You are Jesus. You are son of the living God. And how am I going to let the son of the living God wash my dirty feet, the dust and the dirt and the grime that's on my feet? I could never let you wash my feet. No, Jesus, you will never wash my feet because you are too high to wash a person's feet like me. So verse eight. Peter says unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. And then look at Jesus's response. His response is so awesome. Jesus says it just like this. If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. If I wash you not, Peter, if I don't wash you not, you have no part with me. Now, I could get into another subject of this because he doesn't say, if I don't wash your feet. He says, if I don't wash you. So that's a whole nother subject. That's a whole nother message that eventually we'll get into at another time. So in the King James Version, again, Jesus says, if I wash thee not. I just want to stop right there and just say, Lord, wash me. I just want to stop right there and say, Lord, bathe me and wash me. But we're going to move on. Jesus says, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. 
Peter had to hear what he said. Peter probably had to think about what he says now. Here the son of the living God is saying this to me. And I definitely want to be a part of him and want him to be a part of me. So I got to change the way I'm thinking. I have to change the way I feel. I'm going to have to reword my words that are coming out of my mouth. Think about it. Again, Jesus tells him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. So verse 9, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only. Oh my goodness. We can go somewhere with that one statement alone from Peter. Lord, not my feet only. Not my feet only. Peter also says, but also my hands and my head. In other words, Jesus, wash me. In other words, Jesus, bathe me and wash me. So Peter is serious about this now because he knows what Jesus said is true. He knows that Jesus means what he says and he says what he means. Peter in his excitement, Peter in his anxiousness, he tells Jesus, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. So listen to one of the notes that I made. Peter illustrates the extremes of human nature. He vowed that the Lord would never wash his feet. And here, never literally means not for eternity. Not for eternity. But the Lord answered Peter that apart from washing his feet, there could be no fellowship with him. Apart from Jesus washing Peter's feet, there can be no fellowship with him. Or in other words, he can have no part with him. So the meaning of feet washing is now unfolded. As Christians, as saints, as we walk through this world, we contact a certain amount of defilement. This is what we pick up as we walk in this world and around this world and through this world. We pick up a certain amount of defilement. So listen to the vile talk is some things that we pick up. Looking at unholy things are some vile things that we pick up. And not only looking at some holy things, but working with ungodly men inevitably soil the believer. It soils us when we work with ungodly men, when we're around them, when we hear the way they talk, when we see the way that they live. All of these things, they soil us in our daily walk, and we need to be constantly cleaned. That's how this is applied to us as we walk <clears throat> this walk of faith, as we walk through this world and around this world. We're in constant contact with ungodly people, and we see ungodly things. And as we see these ungodly things and hear these ungodly things with the input devices that God made us with, our eyes being an input device, our nose being an input device, our ears being an input device, and then our physical flesh being an input device, and not even to mention our mouth and our tongue being input devices which means <clears throat> once all of these senses that are able to see, feel, hear, taste, and feel, 
it sends messages to our brain to identify. So that's what I mean when I say input devices. So as we walk, we're defiled in this world because this world is defiled. As we walk, we pick up these things. So this cleansing takes place by the water of the word. This right here, this water of the word, this is where the cleansing part of us and saints of God takes place by the water of the word. So as we read and study the Bible, as we hear it preach, and as we discuss it with one another, we find that it cleanses us from the evil influences about us. Let's read the word to each other. Let's study the word together. Let's speak the word together so that the water of this word right here can cleanse us. It's the water of the word that washes us. When we go to the bathroom or restroom and we put soap on our hands, that's good. But then we put our hands under that faucet and it washes that soap and that dirt and grime off of our hands. As we read the word of God and as we study the word of God, we study his word, his word washes us and his word cleanses us. I want to go a little bit further before we get ready to end. So again, as we read and study the Bible, and as we hear it preached, and as we are taught the Word of God, as we discuss it with one another, we find that the Word of God will cleanse us from evil influences. And then on the other hand, the more we neglect the Bible, oh my goodness, the more we don't touch the Bible, the more we don't read the Bible, the more that we do not pick this word up of God. Look what happens to us. The more these wicked influences can remain in our mind, in our heart, in our lives without causing any great concern. You become dirtier and dirtier and filthier and filthier and don't even know you're so filthy and that you are so dirty. So when Jesus says, you have no part with me, he did not mean that Peter could not be saved unless he washed him, but rather that fellowship with the Lord can be maintained only by the continual cleansing action of the scriptures and the continual cleansing act of the word of God. These are things that we must consider. These are things that we must keep in mind because we want to be saved. We want to be holy and we want to be right. Lord, let's pray. I thank you for your word. Your word is what cleanses. Your word is what washes us. Your word is truth. Jesus even said it, thy word is truth. We need your engrafted word to cleanse us and to make us right. And Lord, we do want your word to bathe us. We want your word to wash us and to make us clean. If it's anything we may have said, if it's anything we may have done that's not like you, we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, we ask that you restore unto us the joy of your salvation. 
cleanse us, make us right, make us the way you want us to be so that we can serve you with joy and gladness, so that we can praise you and worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing for us. And we will give you the rest of our life, the balance of our days to serve you, praise you, and worship you in spirit and in truth. And we thank you and praise you and give glory and honor unto you, our Father, our Heavenly Father. Thank you.